Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Arch Study of You. I am your host, Cameron Gilmore. This episode is going to blow the minds. It's going to blow the windows out. It is going to take us to another space. Uh, I am super excited to have Onyx Johnson on the podcast. Before we get into you know who you are, your background, I, I need to ask this question because I want to set the stage for everybody so we understand the caliber of 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 who you are and the person that we see in front. Um, bef- but when we spoke uh, uh, before, the overall arching theme was finding a voice. Yeah. I have two questions. First, how long did it take you to find your voice on who Onyx is? And then the second one will be, how did Christian help you find that voice? I first want to say thank you for having me. It's, I'm I'm really excited to be here, and I think this is a great platform that you're setting for people like me. Um, how long did it take me to find my voice? Um, it 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 took me some time. You know, um, there were a lot of voices um, conflicting uh, that were occurring for me. Um, but I I I want to say that probably about. 10 years ago is when I finally decided that I was going to listen to me and be my most authentic self. Um, And that was really making the decision to just be happy at whatever cost that was Um, and happy for me and not happy for other people that needed to be happy for me. And how did Christian do that? Christian was really instrumental in doing that because for a long time, I always felt like I needed to be a certain way for society, for my family. Um, And when I decided to marry Christian, it was me saying, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to love the person that I'm going to love. And whoever is going to be for me is going to be for me. And whoever's not going to be for me is not going to be for me. Um, and that, you know, the biggest part of that was my family because I um, I was really concerned, particularly with what my mother would think, you know, of me finally making a decision to be with another man. I need to give a shout out to my biggest sponsor warrior energy drink the reason why we partner together because we have the same mindset with the same drive we're we're for the people we're about the people look warrior energy drink has zero sugar options and they got water as well low calories great taste very affordable no crash big energy fast high in b vitamins awesome awesome design culture design 160 milligrams of caffeine other energy drinks have way, way too much, and they're always giving it back to their community. They're paying it forward, partner with them. Guys, click the link below. Go, go get yourself your own Warrior Energy Drink and go crush today. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let's back up a little bit because you, you said something in before we had a discussion. We talked before this. You said something in our conversation before that I really want to touch on. And this is, let's get you into the mindset of, of, of Onyx. He said something with this, and I, I want to quote this for you. It says, who's, go, who's going to want a 40-year-old male? It wasn't like you were looking for love, nor were you not trying to find it. Heck, you even said that you, you'd always thought you'd marry a woman, have kids, and occasionally you would like men. Right. Once you knew, though, once you knew you had to be true to yourself and who you are, look, you're, you're a strong black gay man. Let's just say what it is. Yeah. Take me through that process th- that of, of, of lifting off the burden and allowing us, all of us, to benefit from your life because of your authenticity. You know, it was... For me, it just became a moment of me deciding that I no longer wanted to have this inner conflict. There was this inner conflict that was constantly occurring for me, and it was wanting to make the right choice and who I was making the right choice for. And I realized in order for me to be the most powerful me, that I had to be true to myself. I had to really listen to my truth, whatever that truth was. Um, It was not a man that wanted to 
be with a woman. Yeah, I wanted a family, but I can have a family with another man. You know, I wanted to show up a certain way. Like I wanted to be that conventional family where there's this guy and this woman and all these children and the house and the white picket fence. I wanted all of that. Um, but then I realized, you know, the God that loves me created somebody that was whole. And I did not need to question what he made. You know, he gave me the decision of choice. And in that decision of choice, it was a choice to love me and love the other people around me. So that did not mean that I needed to marry a woman and possibly eventually tell her, listen, sweetheart, um, I've been struggling with this for years. I think I really want to be with a guy. I don't, I didn't want to be that guy. So making the decision just to say, hey, you know what? At 40 years old, maybe nobody's going to want me anymore, right? You know, I'm not that young, vigilant guy just running around, <laughs> but it's not true. I am. And, um, and when I met Christian, you know, kind of doubling back to that, Christian helped me rem help remind me that the one thing that I did for him that he had been missing and wanting is I constantly taunted joy from him. Like I, I, I was, I'm always excitable. I'm always dancing with him. I'm always getting him to laugh. You know, we're spontaneous. You know, we got to live a life that I thought was never going to happen at the age of 40. It is not true. Um, everything is in the power of now. You can make a decision now that can change the, the trajectory of your life for whatever you want it to be. And so at 40, I thought this would never, ever happen. And then I feel like God just reminded me, you're lovable. You know, you are lovable regardless of your age, regardless of whatever choices you might think are good or bad in society's eyes, you're lovable. And I'm going to show you that you have purpose for not only someone, but the world, you know? And so that's, that's how it all kind of unfolded. Yeah. <laughs> Look at, um, when you guys are listening to this on, on uh, you know, Spotify or Apple, I need you to go over to YouTube. I need you to go watch, watch this transformation happen. When Onyx gets into this really deep personal feeling about how he was able to relieve that burden, he didn't want to be in a marriage with a wife and have kids and eventually go to her and say, look, here's the reality of it. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. There's right. a massive difference between that. And you could see the transformation happen as he started to talk about Christian. And how this man became and is still is the love of his life. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, okay. Those of you, look, I'm going to say it. There's this fairy tale. There's this Cinderella. There's this Disney princess that, that wants to be swept off, that wants to feel love, that wants to feel purpose, that wants to feel joy. Yeah. Onyx is telling you that he found that. It just wasn't in the quote unquote conventional way. Take yeah. me through. I love this because we have to put this out there. We'll, we'll get a little, little serious. Take me through how Christian still owes you $40. <laughs> oh my God. He's going to love to hear this story. We talked about <laughs> So um, when I met Christian, I, let, let me, uh, kind of a backstory about where I was in my life. You know, I had given up on looking for love, finding love. I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I thought that it was just about meeting people, sleeping with them, having some occasional fun, and that was going to be it. I didn't think people were serious about relationships. So I had gotten to the place where I had stopped looking. Um, I felt like people were just coming and they wanted one thing from you. And after they got that one thing from you, they weren't interested in that longer story of waking up, you know, wiping your nose when you were sick, you know, rubbing your back. They weren't interested in that. They pretended they were, but they weren't. Um, Christian 
surfaced in my life while I was I was working for a gym. I was doing sales for a gym, and Christian came in to um, on a day pass. He was visiting from Italy for work, and he he said that I looked at him at the front desk. Now, <laughs> the real story is when you're doing sales you're responsible for checking out the front desk when you're in the gym, because you want to know if somebody comes in, can you be of assistance? Possibly this is going to be a sale. Fast forward. I end up running to him into the locker room. When I run to him in the locker room, like he is like intently staring at me. Like he, he does not allow me to not notice him. And so I notice him and we speak a little, but then I go on about my business um, changing and going to work out or whatever I was doing. And then after his workout, he came into my office. He was like, hey, listen, I would love to take you out to dinner. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's, it's not going to be possible. At the time, I was studying for my PMP, and I just wanted to focus on my PMP. Like, I knew it was going to be a really intense exam, and I didn't want any distractions. So he understood. He was like, well, let me at least get your number, and, you know, we'll stay in touch. He texted me and called every day after that. So he was there for the week. That was the beginning of the week. And every day he called and he said to me, um, listen, can you come out today? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm really studying for my exam. And I worked in a gym where it was not, <laughs> it was not unreasonable for guys just to come in there to pick up, especially black guys or really build guys. So, you know, it wasn't something that I wasn't aware could possibly be occurring something this guy sees me you know at the time I had really long locks I, I'm a muscular guy I, I looked the part and so here he comes he's like oh my god look at this guy you know so anyway comes to this Friday that Friday and he says to me listen he calls me he's like listen this is your last day he's like if you don't come out with me to dinner today you're going to miss this opportunity so I said you know what let me try to ward this guy off because I really need to study for this exam so I say to him, listen, I'll make you a deal. You pay me for my cab to get there, which would be about $20. And then after that, you pay me for my cab to get home, which would be another $20. <laughs> so here I am thinking that he's going to say, get, get out of here. No, absolutely not. I'm, your, I'm taking you on a date. You want me to pay you $20 each way? Um, he didn't skip a beat. He said, absolutely, I'll do it. So I was like, Okay, <laughs> so now, you know, I put my foot in my mouth. So anyway, I go and I pack my stuff up. I'm leaving work. I take the cab to meet him at his hotel. We have dinner. Um, and then after dinner, one of my very best friends um, who always comes and checks on me is like, where are you? I want to come pick you up, yada, yada. You know, um, let me come and get you. But all the same, I had a wonderful time, a very unexpected time with Christian. He spoke about his life, but what he was doing. And I heard a man that wanted to be loved. I heard a man that genuinely wanted somebody in his life. Um, I heard I heard this need. You know, he was a traveling consultant and he was always going to these different places. And I remember saying to him, wow, you're always traveling. You must really need somebody to like really love you and 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 create some stability in your life. Um, so I remember saying that to him. So anyway, dinner was over and then I leave and I think to myself, oh, I never, I never got the $20 for the, 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 you know, the cab right there. And he didn't give me my $20 for me to get back home. Fast forward, we stay in touch. He goes back to Italy. We stay in touch. He finally, um, calls me one day and he says, listen, I'm in love with you. And I said, okay, I'm in love with you. And this happened to be September 9th. I remember it was my birthday. And we said, we're going to date. And almost 10 years later, I'm still asking him for my 20 and $40 <laughs> that he needs to give me for the cab ride. And, and it's funny because when he tells the story, he says, you know, you're really basic for, for asking for that. And I was like, well, that was the premise. I needed to be certain that you can cover the basics before I can give you my full life. Now, fast forward, Christian has adorned me with, there's nothing that I could possibly want that Christian has not done or given me. Um, he has truly, truly, truly loved me. And um, 
and made sacrifices that I just never thought anybody would do. So is it about the $20, $40? No, it's not really about that. But at the time, it was about me, about my fears, about me thinking, ah, this can't be real. Um, but even in the most strangest of situations, love can emerge. And I still am waiting for my $40. I'm going to go ask him for it after this. <laughs> but I love him to death. And maybe he'll take me out to dinner and spend $40 on me and I'll call it a wash finally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey everybody, I want to take this quick second here. A lot of you have asked me what journal do I use, my family use. Simple, this journal right here. See, my buddy Craig Smith has spent years and years developing a journal that takes everything that's up in here and puts it on paper so we can be edified and grow. So if you don't know what to write about, which oftentimes happens, he gives you ideas. And if you want power statements, things that say, I am this, he gives you those ideas. Now, if when you look at on one page, it says, this is what I'm accomplished. This is what I am statements. And there's a quote every single day that you get to write on and, and focus on. The second page is write your daily thoughts, get it out of your head, put it on paper to be the best version of yourself. The link's down below. Listen, I get no money for this. It's just, I believe in this journal. I love this journal. It's changed my life, my family's life. And if you want, it'll change your life as well. I, I have to, I, I, you guys, I, I, not often do I get uh, trying to find words, but you hear about love at first sight. You hear about connecting with your soulmate yeah. from one day. You, you hear about it all the time, but rarely, rarely do you hear it in the situation that we just heard. Rarely do you hear that. So I want to tell you, Onyx, thank you for sharing that very deep, very personal, very intimate story with us about the connection that you and Christian have. Yeah. Because I think most, if not all, society needs to understand that love has no bounds, sees no colors, no race, no creed, no religion, no, no, no continent. Yeah. If it is there, it will find a way. Yeah. And I need to say this because when we talked again, uh, you've been you've been married now 10 years. You guys are are, are blissfully. You said something that I, I I absolutely love. Quote, we are going to love each other and we are going to fight for each other's love. Yeah. Let me let me say that again. We're going to love each other and we're going to fight for each other's love. All marriages come with challenges. Can you can you help us understand? Give us one or two principles that you and Christian have embedded, non-negotiable principles that you've embedded to that will expand and show us and help us see the fight that you have for each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, Christian and I have made a commitment to love one another. You know, that it's a it's and the commitment is a principle that we stand on because we realize that um, we are in, when you have two men in a relationship, you have two egos, right? You have two strong <laughs> egos. You have two men that are full of testosterone. So they're constantly going to be going at each other, right? Um, and we realize that even in light of all that, that what we said is that we're going to love each other and we're always going to love each other. So we're going to always fight for that love. So, you know, when we have a disagreement, it's always one of us coming back and saying, hey, listen, let's just do something together. Let's spend some time together. Um, inside of that principle, one of the things that, you know, I think I shared with you last time, you know, um, when I first got together with Christian, we used to travel a lot. And I went and I went with him to London. And while we were in London, one of the things I used to do with Christian all the time is that we used to dance together, but there was no music. I would just go to him and I would take him and then we would slow dance. And part of that dance was we had to go it had to be 360 degrees. So we had to take the time and we had to go all the way around. And he used to laugh. He's like, "What? We're, we're, there's no music. I was like, listen, we have to listen to that music in our head. This mm -hmm. is us. This is the music that we make 
together inside of this. Um, and it is something that we have done almost 10 years now. It has never died. Like when something is happening between us, if I'm upset with Christian now, now the script is flipped. He comes to me and he grabs me and he wants to dance and he will not let me stop or do anything else until I stop to dance with him. And that leads me to the second principle. Um, we are committed to taunting joy from one another. That is important. We always want the other person to feel joy. Joy is a principle that we, it's, the, it's one of the biggest pillars of our relationship um, because there's a lot going on in the world. So when you can come home and when you can speak to somebody, when you want to be in the presence of somebody that brings joy out of you, there is nothing that you cannot do when you feel like that, you're, you can conquer the world. And that's what we're all about. We're all about doing everything we can together. And, um, and these are the principles of our, our love for one another. Yeah. <laughs> master class guys, master class. If you need to go back and rewind this, the, the last 10 minutes, do it. Make it a part of your life. He just gave you this amazing view on how to instill and generate and continue to find love. Yeah. Love. I don't look. Who cares? Who, who cares? Remove your prejudice, guys. Remove your, your thought of, well, no, no, remove that. Listen to the principles that he said and how it can apply into your life. You find the music that dances and you fight for each other's love. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could stop and call it a day, but we won't. We won't. We won't. There is so much more to extrapolate from this man. I cannot believe. I told you this was going to be a good one. I told you all this was going to be a banger. Okay. The reason I started, I, we wanted to start with that principle is, is, is take us through your, your mission is to help people find their voice. That, that is what you know, your God-given ability, your, your talents, who you are as an individual is to help people find their purpose, to find their voice. So take us through your, your company, uh, Metatron Concepts, specifically on how you get into the mindset of those that you are working with. Yeah, great question. Um, it starts with it's, it's, it's mind, body, and spirit. Let's let's start there, right? And the real breakdown of that is um, there's, there's body, there's psychological, there's social, and then there's spiritual. But in this case, to make it accessible to people, there is this mind, body, spirit construction. And it is first having people understand what is your truth? What is your truth? What is it that you truly believe? Are you feeling good about yourself? Are you certain of what you want to do with your life? Are you certain of your relationships? Like, what are the questions that you're asking yourself? What occurs for you when you're going to bed at night that you have to tackle before you can fall asleep? Let's talk about all of that. Because the truth of the matter is you cannot do anything well if you don't have a sound mind in order to do it. It will not be sustainable. And so the first thing is to help people understand their truth. And once they understand their truth, and that really breaks down into, um, you know, the, the, so the inventory that they have in their life, you know, What's available for you to do what it is that you want to do? Are the people around you enrolled in what you want to do? You know, um, where are you going to get the help from? What is your support system? What is your network? Um, when you can have people really get to the bottom of answering all of those questions, then you take that and now you transform that into action. And that becomes the body part, right? Because now they have to create tasks and they have to do these tasks. And as they start doing those tasks, the tasks can become laboring and they can become discouraging. And why can they become discouraging? Because you might make a plan and you have a trajectory, oh, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And then it's it doesn't work. 
it doesn't work. You have this grand idea. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to make money. This is how I'm going to sustain my life, my family, you know, and it doesn't work. What has to happen there? After that, there has to be a spiritual component that you can fall back on. Because I always tell people that whatever it means for you to have faith, whatever it means for you to believe in something that you cannot see and keep working towards it, that is going to be really important because it is that faith that's going to sustain those actions that's going to keep your mind sound. So we take them through those principles in a very practical manner. Um, there are exercises that we do. There are conversations that we have. Um, there are people that we put them together within our network that help support us in achieving that. So essentially what Metatron Concepts is really designed to do is to help people write the life that they want into existence. That is what we pride ourselves on doing. And that's really exciting. And why is it exciting? Because I've done it for me. <laughs> and so why not help you do it for you? Uh, oh. uh, okay. He, he, here is something you said when we when we were talking previously. And I want, because this is really the foundational piece of the mind, body, and spirit, this movement, this, this creation, right? And I want you to touch on the word Metatron. I want you to explain why that name came about for the business, but I also want you to explain this as well. You said something which I absolutely love, which is, quote, I help people find out what they love to become the person they love. Yeah. Can you share one principle that you do, or maybe two, it's up to you, on how you get them? You explained it overall, but specifically, how do you get them to love them? So first, how did the 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 name of the company come out and then how do we get to become the person that we absolutely love? Um, yeah, Metatron actually came about by chance. I was working on a project. Um, I was creating this project so I can create work for myself when I was in London that I was planning to give it to Cisco. At the time, Cisco was having a big competition and I was going to submit this project to Cisco and I spoke with them and I was all excited. And so I drew this symbol, um, having never ever seen this symbol before. And here's Christian again, shared it with Christian. He was at work. I send it to him and he says, wow. He said something like this had to have been created for this is just brilliant. This must exist someplace. It must have some meaning. Um, and when I began to do my research, um, it was the symbol of Metatron. Um, and basically what Metatron means is if you if you are a Christian um, or if you're a, a, a Jew, depending on what religion you follow, um, in the Bible, Metatron is equivalent to like Enoch. And then um, in Christian is, you know, I'm sorry, in, in, in Judaism is uh, really more of a mystical person that is designed to write things into existence. So God used the Metatron to write things into existence, to go and create things. And so when I discovered what the symbol was, I was like, wow, I'm not ready to use this. I got to there has to be a right time to use this. This is not for some project that I'm giving to Cisco. That's not going to work. So I shelved the project for Cisco and started working on some other things because I was re I, I really was a little overwhelmed when I discovered all of this. And I was like, how could I have drawn that from scratch, right? Um, and so Metatron really is who I am because it is part of me helping people write into existence again, who they want to be. How do we do that? You're going to hear some repetition here because it really is getting to the core of who they are. Like, who are you? Tell me who, tell me what makes you, you, 
right? And and speak your truth. Don't make up something because you think that's what I want to hear. Tell me that you suffer from anxiety. Tell me that, you know, you're having trouble with your sexuality. Tell me that you can't seem to get anything done that you start. Or tell me that you are just somebody that is excited about life and you have great energy and you believe that you can do everything because if that's who you are, we're let's get it on. We're, we can do whatever we want to do um but either way we can do whatever we want to do the idea here is to help people understand that there are the there are principles around motivating yourself there are principles around understanding how you can put your thinking into perspective so that you can move from there to just frame your thoughts and move out of the times when you're feeling as if you can't do what you want to be doing or what you want to be doing is not happening. Um, it's helping people find their voice by having them listen to their voice, right? Having them get out of their head, having them speak it, hear it, and then reflect, this is what I just said. Now you listen to that. Does that make sense to you? You know, God is always truthful in our head, right? We know we know when the truth is being told. We know when something is being said to us that is genuine. Sometimes we like to distract ourselves from it, but at the end of the day, <laughs> this is somewhere else, you're part of God and God is part of you. That God would not lie to himself and he's not going to lie to you. Oh, oh, oh my, look, look, you can, can you just see why we started with the principle that we started the very beginning? Metatron is the movement. It is the creator bringing into existence through God, right? Things come to pass. When yeah. the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Onyx is now doing what his God-given calling is, which is to help others find the voice that he struggled for so long to find for 40, 40 years. Yeah. You would never see that. You would never see that. Look, we're going to have all his social media accounts. We're going to have all the videos. We have everything on. You look at him and you think, man, this guy has not struggled at all. The 5% that we get to see that he allows us to see, what we see is what you guys are seeing in front of you now. But what you are hearing is through him, miracles are going to be made and have been made and will continue to be made something bigger than him. He's just a vessel, a tool, a spokesperson to speak life, to speak truth and knowledge through him into you. <laughs> Come on. For sure. Come on. For sure. I have to, I'm going to pause real quick and say this. First, okay, guys, if I keep looking to the left, it's because I get captured, captivated by his watching his energy, this aura that is around him. So if I look to the left, that's what I'm doing. But I want you to say this, Onyx. I need to say how grateful we all are that you never gave up, that you found your true self, that you found your true calling, that you allowed love to move you into existence and allowed your future self to see where we are today. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for fighting through all of those demons that were upside in your head because we get to hear how you're transforming lives. That is so powerful. Yeah. When, when we spoke before, I, I, want, I want to go down this road because it is this uncovering of the voice, guys. So you, you need to hear that. It is this voice. And how he is so good at extrapolating the voice from people, oh, please bring us into that childhood. Bring, bring us into that child because there's there's some very key points that you learned as a kid that has allowed you to unpack and cover that all off. So how was it as a child you never really had a voice? Yeah, I um <laughs> I come from a a Caribbean family. And to know a Caribbean family, um, well, no old school Caribbean families to understand there are certain things that you can and cannot do as a child. Um, I was raised by my grandmother who was a 
disciplinarian to the 10 degree. Um, you know, my grandmother's friends used to say to her, um, if we did not see him come out of the room, we would not even know he was here. And you know why that was? Because I was told, and not only was I told, I knew that it was meant that I was to stay in my room and not make a sound. I was to sit there and I was to behave myself and I was not to do anything until I was called to possibly get a glass or do something that my grandmother wanted me to do for her. Um, they used to call me my grandmother's pocketbook because everywhere she went, I went, right? And I was the most well-behaved child that people felt for me. They were like, Miss Johnson, let the boy, give the boy some air, let him live, you know? Um, I was to be seen and not heard. Mm. You know, I was to know that in the presence of adults speaking, that I was not to introduce, I did not have an opinion. <laughs> I did not have an opinion. Um, I was raised by a very strict grandmother. And, um, and I knew that I feared for my life, to be honest with you, because I knew that my grandmother had no qualms about disciplining me, whatever that meant. And at some point in my confusion as a child, you know, I started doing things that started making that even worse. Like I started to get beatings because I, I now I'd done something that <laughs> required me to get a beating, but you know, there were no outlets. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't have toys as a child. You know, I made up the toys that I had. I'd be in my room and I would be on the, you know, the, 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 in front of the window and I'd be pretending that I had little figures playing with. I remember once I almost set my house on fire as a child because I, my grandmother wasn't home and I had no toys and there was a stool that I was made to sit on when my grandmother was home while she was cooking. I was made to sit on that stool and I had to stay there and read my book. And that's all I can do is stay there and read my book unless she needed something. So one day I was under the stool. And these, if you remember the old stools, they had like little fragments, you know, they had mm -hmm. a coil running on it, but they had <laughs> these little, um, I don't know what that material was, but there's some material you can hang down, like almost looks like an old cheap cotton or whatever. Yeah. And so here I am taking things off the table, whatever I can create into a figure of a guy fighting or whatever. And as I put it under the stool, I thought to myself, it's dark under here. They can't see. So I need to give them some light. So I decided in my stupidity that I was going to take a little match and I was going to light the, the piece of the cotton because it was the sort of material that I thought would burn slow enough for me to be able to like, oh, look, they have a little light. Within seconds, the chair went up in flames. The I was I started taking glasses of water from the sink trying to put it out. Luckily, my cousin was nearby. He helped me put it out, and there was this big black mark on the ceiling from where the chair had you know was the chair was on fire. And let me tell you something. Here's something I will never forget. I really thought that this was the last day of my life <laughs> because my grandmother had not come home from work yet, and I knew when she got home that I was going to be killed and she made me go in my room and take off all of my clothes when she got them she told me to stand there until she was ready to come in to deal with me and my grandmother would always get home around 3 30 and i stood in that room from about 3 30 until about eh, let's say 11 probably midnight i stood there naked waiting for my grandmother to walk in the room to deal with me. And I remember having a conversation with God. I said, God, if you spare me, <laughs> I will believe you. I will believe that you exist. Because you're, you know, as you're a kid, you hear about God, you're made to go to church. You're conflicted still because you're like, who's this God? that you talking about, what is he doing for me? I have no idea. But I said, God, if you make it so that my grandmother does not beat me, that she does not kill me, I will believe in you forevermore. God is my witness. My grandmother ended up calling me and she said, go put on your pajamas and go to bed. 
I said, God, <laughs> thank you. Because I have gotten some beatings that you would not want to wish on any child. So at that point, um, I knew God existed, but outside of that, um, I understood the fear of my grandmother. I understood how this level of discipline um, was one of the things that choked my voice. I couldn't speak. I couldn't say what was on my mind. I could have possibly had enough information from a conversation to understand I, maybe I shouldn't have been lighting anything under the chair. You know, maybe I could have had a little toy so that as a child, I understood that, you know, there was this level of creativity that I had to express and I needed outlets for that. So as a result of not having a voice, not having many other outlets that every child should have, hmm. um, other things started to happen in my mind and my life as you see it, the good and the bad are results of that. Oh, amazing. Um, so now take me, take us into this first really major decision that you have. It's, this is a huge, this is a pivotal part of your life. This is, I mean, you've gone from not being able to not, don't talk, stand there, do as I say, do as you're told basically you are going to your whole purpose is just to exist to breathe and when you're ready to eat you know you're going to eat right the one of the biggest decisions that have shaped your life to where you are today where we see a huge decision big part of your life i want you to take us down that 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 the hawthorne school and bring us into that the mindset where you consciously made a decision you were faced with two decisions so take us to that point of your life yeah sure um when it was time for me to go from elementary school to junior high school i lived in a part of brooklyn that the junior it was sophomore i believe was the name of the high school and it was really bad at the time it was quite violent there were kids getting stabbed and other things were happening. They were dealing in drugs and all of this stuff. And my grandmother ended up, who was very resourceful. My grandmother was, you know, I, she was a hustler. My grandmother could get things done. She, she was, if you needed information, my grandmother could get it for you. And so she was good at getting information for her own family and she was resourceful. Um, and she went and she spoke with somebody about a, finding out there was a school she could put me in because she did not want me to go to Southmore high school, junior high school. And so she found out about Hawthorne. And so I don't know who she spoke to and what she did, but, um, it must've been the story about me being left and me being a child going, you know, having trouble in school, whatever it was that the story was, she ended up taking me to Hawthorne. Hawthorne ended up being a blessing for me. Um, and the reason why it was a blessing is because Hawthorne really gave me the understanding of what it meant for me to have an identity. I had no identity until then. Hawthorne, the people that were in Hawthorne started to recognize, wow, this guy is talented. Wow, this guy is has a passion for this and he wants to do this. And they encouraged me. Now, I have to say that the day my grandmother dropped me off at Hawthorne, the one thing that she said to me, which, which was the most important lesson of my life, believe it or not, is that she said, listen, she said, when you're here, there's a lot for you to learn. She says, if you, I want you to do this. If you hear something that you think you know something about, be quiet. Be quiet and listen, because there's going to be something that you think you know, that you don't know that you're going to learn. And with this, you will learn everything that you need to sustain your life. Now, mind you, this is a woman that suppressed my identity, suppressed my voice for the longest time, but she realized when she was dropping me off in Hawthorne that she needed to tell me I needed to be in a place where I needed to be able to stop and just be in a place of listening and learning. And with that, I would understand what I needed to have to live my life. 
And so it came to pass because that's what Hawthorne gave me. Hawthorne gave me so many. I mean, I learned so many things while I was there, ceramics, business education. Um, and these were on top of the academics. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was supposed to be there for a year. And when that year came, I met with the social worker and the social worker said, well, it's time for you to go home. You know, we want to do your exit interview. And I had to tell him in the exit interview, I'm sorry, I don't want to go home. I cannot go home because I'm going to be going home to a lifestyle that is going to basically suppress me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be happy. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm even possibly going to be abused. You know, there's a lot that's going to happen there. They understood that and they allowed me to stay. And it was very interesting because they said to me and they would say to me all the time, you really don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not the typical kid that would be in a group home and and I wasn't because I was the sort of kid raised by this grandmother. I knew what it meant to listen. I knew what it meant to behave myself. I knew what it meant to respect the adults around me. I knew how to follow rules. I had no problem following rules. I wanted to be able to follow the rules and be able to have the liberty to have some fun. Hawthorne gave me fun. It gave me education. Um, you know, I was my grandmother's pocketbook, right? So that meant every time my grandmother traveled, she'd go back and forth to Jamaica a lot. I'd be taken out of school, right? I'd be taken out of school. So I would miss even a lot of my education. I didn't have any friends. I never got to go outside to have friends. I stood inside on that stool, <laughs> right? So I didn't have any friends. Here in Hawthorne, I had friends. I had mm. community. I learned about networking. I learned about games. I learned about the psycho psychology of other kids. I got to understand how other kids thought and I got to see the life that they were having that I was not having that I wanted, right? So from this moment on, it made me aspire to be a better person, to work harder because I wanted to have a better life from, from the age of 11. I really wanted a better life. And I understood at that age that I was going to have to hustle and work hard for it if I was to have it. And Hawthorne granted me that opportunity. And I'm grateful. Wow. Wow. 11 years old and you make a, an, a life altering decision. I, if I leave, I, I'm my existence as you see me currently will no longer be. And I will be whatever. Who knows? You yeah. made a conscious decision that said, I need to be here. And thank goodness for the counselor at Hawthorne that said, hey, you're going to stay. So you're going to stay all your junior high year. you stay all your high school year. And from that point, you have, you've learned key tools. I think the best one is listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, guys, I... I I, I told you this was going to be exceptional, but you are getting a master class from a master teacher who has been through everything that you could imagine. He said, it. I've been, I have had beatings that no child should ever have. Yeah. And you don't think he doesn't know. You don't think he doesn't know how to connect with you. You don't think that he can get into that with you. Come on. <laughs> Un unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, this is, Awesome. Help me, help us understand then. Give me one or two principles, right? One or two principles that we can focus on or learn from that short-term decisions, okay? Short-term decisions can have some of the best consequences, or I should say not consequences, but best outcomes for our future self. Um, I would say focus on your health. Always focus on your health. Um, going back to Hawthorne, the one thing that I got from Hawthorne was to be active. I was active. You know, I played basketball. I swam. I did all these things. Having my health gave me the ability to have a clear mind to, to I understood the importance of being active, of having, and, and when I say health, I don't mean 
I don't mean just your physical, I mean your mental mm -hmm. health, I mean your biological health, your spiritual health. You have to focus on your overall health if you are to begin to understand what it means to be grounded. Because if you don't focus on that, then you are going to allow people to have you focus on the noise that has nothing to do with you and 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 become a part of that. You got to focus on your health and what it means to hear your voice and be well within yourself. And, um, and, you know, when you say focus on health, you know, people have a lot of reasons for not wanting to do that or not knowing how to do that. So um, I'm not going to say that things are really easy. Um, there's some things that are easy and there's some things that are more difficult. So you have to, you have to implement a system as well that is sustainable for you. You have to understand what your capacity is to do something. You know, if somebody gives you a book to read and you know you're not a book reader, you know, you have to discover a way, maybe I'm going to buy an audible book and I'm going to listen to a paragraph at night. What are systems that you can implement that will give you the information that you need to be able to sustain the life that you want? Um, you, implementable systems for you so yeah definitely your overall health because without your health there is nothing that you can sustain and then it would be sustainable systems create systems that work for you that you can have the follow through on so that you can be the person that you want to be in the end mm. Mm. <laughs> You can see why now he is sought globally. You can see why now people come to Onyx yeah. and, and, and want to extrapolate all of this knowledge. You guys, you're getting it on this podcast. Oh, I love it. I, I want to ask this question and I, I want to address it very, very, you know, with, with some reverence because it's, it's a big issue, the mental health. Has there ever been a point in time when you said to yourself, maybe this earth would be better off without if there was no onyx? Yeah. Um, it's funny because these are things that you at some point say you don't want to remember, but then you it becomes clear to you why it's important to remember those moments because you don't want to find yourself back there. Um, there have been moments. There have been moments where I have tried to be loved and have been rejected or um, been made homeless by my family um, or really failed at something that I had banked everything on. And then, and feeling like, what's the point? I'm an individual. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares what I'm doing. You know, people are not genuine. So if nobody would miss me if I wasn't here. Um, but the contrary to that is, it's not true. Um, <laughs> making or understanding that you are an individual understanding that you that nobody has to care about what you're doing understanding that you need to it, it doesn't it doesn't need to be about your success it doesn't need about who's loving you it doesn't need to be about any of that it's really about what you kind of build in yourself so that you can have that inner joy that inner peace because the opposite of feeling like I didn't want to be here was experiencing the joy of falling in love with myself and having fell in love with myself there's a feeling that comes over you as if you have taken some really great drug you like there's <laughs> there's like this there's this excitement that occurs that has you feel like I can do anything right and and when I started feeling like that and when it started showing, the people around me started responding differently because I was no longer 
being this victim for myself. You know, I was really getting out there and people were experiencing the love I had for myself. So I found a purpose. I found a reason to live. And, um, and the world is actually a better place because I am in it. Yeah. Anybody out there listening to this, you need to understand if you're 20, if you're 30, if you're 40, if you're 50, you are listening to a man who has come into the zone of genius. Gay Hendrick talks about this a lot. You guys know I reference his book, A Lock the Big Leap. He has said the world is better because Onyx is here <laughs> as if he was not here. You, we, and uh, this hits deep for me because we've all been in that space where we've asked, maybe this world doesn't need me. Maybe I'm not really a contributing member of society. Maybe I'm just not at a place or people just really wouldn't care. Who would miss me? But because Onyx said, no, I'm going to find my love, me first. I'm going to love myself. Be prideful. Be, be stout and be straight up bullheaded and find your love internally first. Because then you do you hear what he said. He said, because he knows he's, he loves himself, that manifests to people. That's the Metatron. Yeah, for sure. Now you can see the 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 theme of this man. This is so freaking good. We could talk more and more, but we we have to respect <laughs> your time. And I absolutely love guys. All the links, everything will be here for you. But now that we see your path, now that we see that you where you are today, help us understand kind of where you at, how where are you at in life, what are you doing. What's the next step? And how, more importantly, can people reach out that want to get into finding their voice and finding their purpose? Um, so, I mean, obviously, it, it is Metatron, right? It is this consultancy organization that I've developed to help people drive their success through whether it be innovative strategies, streamlined operations, um, targeted marketing, um, because I've discovered that even when people, when people find themselves, there's something that they want to do with their life and they need a platform. They need a network to be able to do that through. And so that's what our team does. You know, we, we work with experts that help to give our audience, you know, tailored approaches to achieve the life that they want to achieve, uh, to achieve their goals. Um, and that's what we're doing. You know, we're working to not only become well-known in North America, but in the world, you know, the, the, uh, my biggest vision for me is to help people around the world create whatever it is that they want to create. And I'm okay being behind the scenes. I'm okay being the person behind the scenes that's putting in place the foundation for you to stand on. I'm okay with that. You know, I, we don't, I, I've never always felt like I can be the man out in the front and I'm okay being the man in the back. Um, and I have a team that's okay being there with me so that we can create sustainable lifestyles for other people mm. yeah <laughs> and wow guys look it's just it's the sad part of the interview where we have to slowly start to wrap up onyx i, I mean you are an absolute gem your mission your values your core everything that you stand for illuminates and you can feel this this will be an interview that you guys will want to go you're going to listen to it multiple times. This will be one of those you want to watch and go to YouTube and watch it and just watch him move and transition from pain to joy, 
from darkness to light to ugly to beauty. And now we get to see it all. Gosh, dang, this is so freaking good. I would cuss. Uh, I mean, I, I'm on, I've been on the verge multiple times of just using adult language. Man, man, I'm getting close. <laughs> I As we wrap up, I want to ask this question. I got two more for you. One, if you were to see your five-year-old self today, what do you think he would say to you? <laughs> what, my five-year-old, he would tell me, Probably what I would tell him, right? I right. What I would tell him, I would. What do you think your five year old self would say to you? Oh, say to me! Wow. Um, <laughs> my five year old self would tell me that he's proud of me. Mm. He would tell me, "Thank you for not extinguishing my life. Thank you for continuing to." make something of what it is that we've been given. Thank you for that. And thank you for continuing to love God because that all made it possible. That's that's how I've sustained this life by understanding that God loves me and I love God. And I made that commitment. He, he would say to me, thank you for holding our agreement to love God and be loved by God. And that's why you're here still. That's what he would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so, man, this is so good. I say this a lot, but the beauty of this is I get to go back and watch this multiple times before it comes out. As we wrap up, give me the top five books you would recommend someone to read. Any book, spiritual book, personal development book, um, business book, whatever it is, your book. And if you haven't thought about writing, if you don't have a book, I'm putting this out there in the universe right now. 2024, Onyx Johnson's book will be coming out. <laughs> I, I am putting that out there because I would know there's so much more about this man that can, we can unpack and it will come yes. out in a book version. <laughs> All right. I'm down. I'm down. Um, the first thing I would say, one of the most important lessons I've learned about books is I would tell people first is to write your own book, write your own story. You know, when you read a book, you're reading somebody else's story. When you write your story, you're writing your life into existence. But if we are talking about other people's books, I would say um, the books that have been crucial to me have been um, A Course in Miracles. Of course, the miracles has been pivotal to me having peace and understanding how love creates miracles. Um, Science of the Mind by Ernest Holmes, I would say that. That helps you understand about your conscious and your subconscious. Um, I would say Economics 101. We live in a society where you need to understand how money is really, really important in what you're doing. You need to understand economics. You need to understand. You need to understand poverty as well as what what how wealth is built. Um, a passion of the possible, a passion of possible um, by Gene Houston. I would say that, um, and I would say. The Motivation Manifesto, absolutely, um, by Brendan Ricard, I believe is his last The Shard, mm -hmm. yes. Um, those are, I, I would say, those are absolute must reads just for some level of sound mind and stability. Oh man, we will have all those links. Um, we'll have the, the, the way that you can find those books, we'll have them all. This, this has been another absolute ge gem, a gem of gem of gems. This is, I always look, when I was introduced to Onyx through Pascal Bachman, who's yes. uh, one of our guys' you know, good mentors, and was on, he kicked off 2023 on the podcast. I knew there was something special when, I, when a, a Pascal recommended him to me. And you can see why. You can absolutely see the, the manifestation of somebody. I love how you say, write your own book, write your own book, your future self. I talk about this a lot. 
you can bring into existence your future self. When you start honing in and focusing on who you are in the future, you will then arrive. You just haven't, we're not there yet time-wise, but that doesn't mean you don't stop. And by golly, this man here, he can help you get there. He can help you get to that place. Guys, you can see why we, last year we were in the top 25% of the most shared globally. It's because we bring people that are willing to share their stories, their passions, their desires. A guy like Onyx is going to change the world, continue to change the world. Please share, please like, please send this to people that say you need to listen to this to become the best version of yourself. Yes. Man, this is so effing good. <laughs> dang, dang, man, dang. Guys, thank you so much, Onyx. We love you. Thank we you. love you more than you will ever know and the way that you've touched our lives. This has been another episode, a phenomenal episode of the Arch Study. You have a great day.